Hello, this is Reverend Judith Laxer. Thank you for listening to the podcast of our service entitled, A Harvest Begins. My wish is that the food for thought offered nourishes your soul. Dear listener, the Guy's Temple Ministry is sustained by generous donations such as yours, and we need your financial support, especially now in these challenging times. If everyone donated just $3 each time they listen in and receive the services, that reciprocity would ensure our continuance. If you feel served by listening and wish to donate to help support our ministry, please push the donate button now and give generously. We'd be most grateful. Thank you and blessed be. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Well, my friends, we are just past Lunasa on the wheel of the year. I want to thank everyone who attended our ritual. Was that just last weekend? I think that was just last Saturday, a week ago yesterday. And, you know, it's still so potent, even over cyberspace. It's just good magic and it's good medicine and it's so important. And so if you haven't joined our celebrations on the Wheel of the Year, I really encourage you to tune in and do so, especially because they're virtual and you can, you can watch them in your pajamas. You can participate from your own couch at home, but it really helps to anchor us and ground us and remind us of the magic as we walk the Wheel of Time. And uh, it's such a beautiful, we do really beautiful work and I sure would love for you to participate. So please consider joining us next time. So Lunasa is the first of three harvests on the wheel of the year. This first one is of the grains and what a blessing that is. You know, it has become the grains, the mainstay of food on our planet. Uh, It's an amazing food source and discovering how to cultivate and preserve grain changed everything on the planet. And this blessing of the grains was so dearly held by early pagans and late pagans, or modern day pagans, I think. Um, But way back in the day when the church was coming to power, um, they had to sort of incorporate this holy day because the pagans would just not stop celebrating it. And so they turned it into what they call Lamas, which is Latin for loaf mass. And it still is a celebration of baking and blessing the bread. So it just made its way forward in time because of how important the mainstay of grains are to our diet and to our survival. And it has become so important that the word bread made its way into the lexicon way beyond food. I mean, we call the money that we earn bread. You know, I'd really like that, but I don't have enough bread to pay for it. You know, we call our living the bread and butter. That's how much value it has to us, that it has gone beyond just the pantry, you know. So here we are at the first harvest, and we know when we're looking toward harvesting, then what's going to happen, hopefully, is that we are going to reap what we have sown. And lots of different things can happen along the way after we have sown something. And of course, this is very different than foraging, which is finding food that automatically grows in the wild. This is something that we cultivate, something that we tend to, something with an intention, hopefully that we will harvest and have what it is that we decided we wanted when we sowed those seeds. And so hopefully this is the nourishment for ourselves and also for our community. So as pagans emulating nature, we would ask what are we harvesting now, not just in our gardens, but in our lives. 
And so we look at the seeds that we have sown, either intentionally or unintentionally, consciously or unconsciously. And what is it that we are harvesting at this time? And so when we look at what we're harvesting in our lives and in our community and in our world, what do we find? We are harvesting a great need to recover. So that's what I want to talk about today, is this great need to recover. One and a half years into the pandemic, and it shows no sign of stopping. And how disappointing that is, because we were so excited that these vaccines meant we were, you know, we're out of the woods, we're out of the, you know, we just hope we'd all get vaccinated, we'll all be over. And it didn't play out that way. And number one, we didn't all get vaccinated. Number two, the variants are now going wild. And so here we are having to once again pull back again. So here is some information that our resident naturopath, I'm going to read exactly what she said, our resident naturopath and board secretary, Tama Gotchberg, provided for us at our last board meeting, just this last Tuesday night. And this is word for word what she wrote. And I know it's word for word what she told us because it was in the minutes. And she said that the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, says in the space of two months, the Delta variant has become the predominant strain in the U.S. And Delta is much more easily transmissible, now more so than chickenpox. Reports of multiple breakthrough cases in vaccinated folks and cases of vaccinated folks spreading infection to each other and to unvaccinated folks, which really means all of us. Mm -hmm. The CDC has re uh, recommended returning to universal masking and social distancing precautions. So big step back from where we thought we would be going. Now the Washington Department of Health, so a little bit more local to where we are based in Gaia's Temple, says that local cases, there are 70% plus are vaccinated. Uh, that's the vaccination rate locally. Substantial case transmission, which is one step down from high, they're calling it substantial case of transmission. Cases are down this week, but there's been a substantial uptick in hospitalizations. Cases and hospitalizations are surging in a similar pattern. Yes, just wanna make sure, in a similar pattern. Um, sorry, I lost my place here. To last year, a similar pattern to last year. There was a surge in July and it was followed by another long lasting surge over the fall and the winter. So if we look at the pattern of what happened last year, oh my goodness, unless we do something, that pattern will just repeat this year. Multiple public health agencies have recommended returning to universal masking and social distancing for vaccinated folks. I think for all folks. And so for this reason, the board of directors for Gaia's Temple have decided to postpone meeting in person for the time being Everyone on the board was in full agreement with this, and I was relieved that we all agreed so easily. Um, you know, we all love this congregation so much, and the thought or the idea that we would gather in person and any one of us would get sick was just so beyond what any of us could tolerate um, that we just decided it, it's just too soon, and we're going to err on the side of caution. Not to mention there are just, just there's six of us on the board, and three of those um, have young children at home and the children are not able to even get vaccinated yet. So we're erring on the side of caution. So I know a few people have asked and we were talking about it at Lunasa also at our fellowship after the ritual. 
when do we think we'll be able to get together again? And, you know, Shoreline UU Church is asking, when are you coming back? And, oh my goodness, wouldn't we love to just say, yes, we're back. But we're not back. And we shouldn't be back. If anything, we have to take a big step back. Because that's the only way that we are going to recover. Now, the good news is, Oh, so we are uh, reaping the great need to recover. And that means that our work is not done. Like I said in the service last month, we are free to heal in any moment, to turn toward healing, to take healing actions. It's a choice that happens moment by moment. Sometimes staying that conscious to choose moment by moment can be exhausting, but we can't let up because look what happened when we let up just a little bit. The mode of healing, which I believe is the most difficult to endure, is patience, right? Nobody has patience, and we are impatient. We've been having to socially distance for way too long, and we just want to have this whole thing over and behind us. We get sick or injured really quickly, but healing always takes longer, and so we simply must be patient. We must cultivate patience. So here's the good news. The good news is that there are five, count them five, goddesses of healing that we can call on and learn from. And these five uh, goddesses are Greek. Surprise, surprise. You know how I love my Greek gods and goddesses. And even better, they're sisters. There are five sister healing goddesses that I want to talk with you about today. Uh, and they are Panacea, the goddess of universal health, Hygieia, the goddess of cleanliness and sanitation. Asizo, the goddess of the healing process. Aglia, the goddess of beauty, splendor, glory, magnificence, and adornment, which I just thought was kind of funny. Um, and also, and finally, but not least, Iatho, the goddess of cures, remedies, and modes of healing. And hers is the gift of recuperation from illness. So these five goddesses together really give us a template of how we can move forward to do this healing. Now, what's interesting is that in my research, there really wasn't much specifics about the gifts that they bring, just like they're the goddess of this and the goddess of that. There were like very few, if no, stories about them at all. But one thing that I did notice, which is very common in the patriarchy, um, they are introduced as the daughters of, and the patriarchy likes to do that a lot. It likes to introduce or refer to women or goddesses pretty much in relationship to who sired them or who they're married to, as opposed to being goddesses who they are in their own right. Um, so I just wanted to introduce them as five healing goddesses who happen to be sisters. Now, in this case, though, and looking uh, kind of archetypally at this family, it does make sense, really, that they are healing goddesses because their parents are um, Asclepius, who is the god of medicine, and Epiony, who is the goddess of the soothing of pain. Medicine and the soothing of pain are the parents of healing. And then the daughters bring all that I just mentioned, which I'm going to go into a little bit now. Medicine of uh, soothing pain brings healing and recovery. And apparently it brings beauty and glory and splendor and magnificence and adornment, 
which we usually don't think of as healing, but I'll get to that in a moment. So I want to take these goddesses one by one, and the first one is Panacea, the goddess of universal health. There should be a bill for universal health care called Panacea, don't you think? A Panacea is a noun, and it is a solution or remedy for all difficulties or diseases, which is why we call something perfect or ideal a Panacea. And it's for all. It's universal. It's not just this one particular thing that's going wrong or this one person who is suffering. Panacea brings the, um, the solution or the remedy for all difficulties and diseases. We ought to pray to Panacea for universal health care. In a global pandemic, the healing for all is a very potent and powerful gift. So that's Panacea. Next is Hygieia, the goddess of cleanliness and sanitation. And we tend to lump those two together, and they belong together certainly, but there's a little bit distinction about each one of those things as well. So this is where we get the word hygiene. Um, and hygiene are the conditions or practices conducive to maintaining health and preventing disease, especially through cleanliness. And we knew this back in ancient times. Um, then somehow we forgot it in our healing methods. And then Florence Nightingale brought it all back to our attention uh, that health and cleanliness are deeply connected. And during this pandemic, we have had to really take a look at the cleanliness. I don't know about you, but my hands are almost raw from how much washing I've done. And even though later it came to be that we understood this virus is transmitted uh, via the air, I still come home and wash every single thing that I bought at the grocery store. I mean, I'm just... I'm a pretty clean and neat, tidy person to begin with, but now it is just over the top. And now I'm just thinking, oh, I am just being hygiea. I'm being very clean. Um, so this is, uh, and then the other aspect of this, the sanitation part, is the ongoing update or our keeping up of cleanliness, right? Because we can like clean the house, but we're going to have to clean it again. <laughs> we can do the laundry, but guess what? Next week, we're going to have to do it again. We can throw things away in the garbage, but then we're going to have to remove it, right? So the sanitation is the ongoing cleansing, which is really important. And that is not only of the toxins within our own body, but it can be, you know, in our minds and in our psyche and in our souls. How do we cleanse ourselves and purge away the toxins so that we can stay as healthy as possible. We should pray to Hygieia for the fortitude to clean up our act. The next goddess is Asizo, the goddess of the healing process. And this reminds us, especially for those who want to heal quickly, that healing takes time, which I mentioned before. <clears throat> and I do believe this is why we are called patients when we are ill, because we simply must be. Healing doesn't happen fast. It just doesn't. Relief can happen quickly, but healing takes a while. The body is dense matter, it is slow to heal, and that is natural. A quick, uh, we can have a quick healing thought, we can have a quick healing emotion, but the body is denser, and in dense reality, it goes slower. If we, you know, take something and poof, we're healed, um, most likely we aren't healed. Most likely we are just relieve, uh, experiencing relief of symptoms, but the actual healing is going to take more time. 
And so we should pray to Asiso uh, to give us ease and in being patient because it's a process. It's not a one-shot deal. We gotta stick with it. The next goddess is Aglia, the goddess of beauty, splendor, glory, magnificence, and adornment, which I just got such a chuckle reading about that. It's not typical that we think of those things as healing, and yet beauty and splendor do bring healing. Beauty distracts us from our distress. I mean, there's a reason why we bring flowers to someone in the hospital, right? Or, or even to a funeral, or, you know, it's just, oh, the beauty, it just... Oh, distracts us from what can be so difficult. Uh, what to make of glory, magnificence, and adornment? I'm not really quite sure. But when I think of the words glory and magnificence, I am brought more to uh, like a spiritual concept rather than the glory and magnificence of a physical body. Um, but anyway, uh, glory has a couple of different definitions, and they are high renown or honor won by notable achievements. So maybe the healing is a notable achievement. Uh, it is the magnificence or great beauty, right? And also glory is praise or worship or thankfulness that is offered to a deity. So I think this kind of links that, you know, I, I don't know about you, but when I'm sick or I don't feel good, I'm like, oh God, I, my first words out of my mouth are, oh God, I don't feel good. Oh God, let's take this headache off of me. So I think that might be that connection there. And as far as the adornment, you know, I don't know about you, but when I wear something that makes me feel good, I'm healed. Not to mention that we should pray to Aglia for a new dress to wear. After all, we can't get weary wearing the same shabby dress. Okay, and then the last goddess of these five sisters is Iato. And I want to talk a little bit more about her because she is the goddess of recuperation. She who restores our health after we have taken sick. Her gifts are cures, remedies, and modes of healing so we can recuperate, which is a, so she's a very important goddess for where we are right now in this pandemic. Now, cures are amazing and they are rare. They are very rare. We can recover from an illness, but not all illnesses have a cure. So this is, you know, from the Freedom to Heal Part 2. We, uh, when I said Part 1 uh, last month, we can experience healing without necessarily being cured. What she brings are remedies. So if we don't have a cure, she brings remedies and modes of healing. So a remedy is a medicine, an application, or a treatment that relieves or cures a disease. So it corrects or counteracts an illness. So in our pandemic, which I hate to use the possessive, in the pandemic, our pandemic, that is becoming vaccinated, that is wearing the masks, that is washing our hands constantly, that is social distancing. All of the things that we would rather not do that we are so tired of doing or that we don't believe are necessary to do because there's so many different viewpoints. I'm going to talk about that in a moment too. Um, and we don't want to have to keep doing them. We just don't want to. We just don't want to. We're done. We did it. We've done it for a year and a half. We don't want to anymore. 
But these are the modes of healing that we have at our disposal. Until a cure is found, this is what we have. And so they are the tools that we have to use. Why wouldn't we use every tool we have to counteract this monster? I can't imagine why we wouldn't. Oh, how we pray to you, Iathel, for recuperation after illness. I think it's important for us to expand our understanding of what healing is. Not just that we or someone we know and love heals from COVID or any of its variants, although surely that, but that our collective healing occurs when we all participate in the modes that we have at our disposal. We must all participate. Sometimes I'll hear back from people after I've given them a psychic reading or you know, a tarot reading. And in the reading, I will talk about how I see something coming and it's less than desirable. And so we'll talk about different course of action to take or something to do to counter that less than desirable outcome to happen. And then later they'll contact me. This has happened several times. And they say, no, you, you know, you were wrong. It, it, it didn't happen like that. It's like, well, that's because you changed your course of action. <laughs> what I saw coming in the future was what would naturally happen if we didn't intervene somehow. I had a conversation with a client recently who is feeling a lot of social pressure to become vaccinated and they don't want to, and they don't want to, they've got their reasons, but it's primarily just that they don't trust the vaccine and they don't trust that it's been tested and they don't want it in their body. And I said, you have every right, right? You have every right to either become vaccinated or not become vaccinated. And there are consequences of all the actions that we take. And so if you choose not to become vaccinated, then mask up and isolate. We have to use all the modes that we have at our disposal. So, this is the power of the healing of Asisto. Using her sister Iaso's methods to recover. We must use the methods to recover. And that's what Ilsa's gonna sing to us about right now. So many scratches and scars. Maybe they won't all go away, but they'll fade. Maybe time will mend us again. It's not what we've done, but how far we've come, and we will recover. The worst is. Still we survive somehow, we will recover. 
time, I know that we will recover. Got so much to lose. Seems I've lost the power to choose what to love and when to let go. That all changed. Get bitten once and then you're afraid. What a waste. Look what we've done and how far we've come. And we will Thank you, Elsa. So beautiful. What a beautiful message. So beautifully sung. That recovery happens because all of us are participating. You know, the theme of our, uh, one of the aspects of the themes of our Lunasa ritual is that the harvest is uncertain. We're beginning to harvest now, but the whole harvest is not in, and it's only August, and the final, you know, harvest from the garden anyway, I mean, I'm still pulling in carrots and parsnips late October, beginning of November. Some of the beets I leave in there too. So it's like the whole harvest is not completely in yet, but we really don't know between now and then if it's all gonna make it. That pumpkin might not make it. That squirrel might get that pumpkin and, and there goes my Thanksgiving pie. It's uncertain. And so what happens is Sometimes we feel like, well, it's uncertain, and so why should I do the work? Because there's no guarantee, right? But uncertainty lives in the possibility. Uncertainty lives in the realm of possibility. That squirrel could get the pumpkin. 
But that squirrel might also not get the pumpkin. Does that mean I should stop watering the pumpkin now because the squirrel could get it? No, that means I'm going to do everything in my power to bring that pumpkin to fruition. I'm going off on a pumpkin <laughs> metaphor, but that's the example that I'm giving here. And so it is possible that the vaccines might not work. It is possible, but they have worked so far to do what they were intended to do, which is to keep people from getting COVID. It is possible that they are absolutely the answer and that the best that we can do is prevent the spread, even if we can't kill or kill the virus or cure everyone who has it. Our impetus should be whatever it is that we can do to preserve life. Now, listen, I know, and I talk to a lot of people who have a lot of different viewpoints about this, including the client I just mentioned. And we had a very interesting discussion about it actually, because one of the things that they asked was, well, this is, uh, you know, isn't this, you know, you're all about mother nature, Judith, isn't this just mother nature? like doing her natural thing and us trying to stop it is, you know, going against nature. Which, you know, on an ideological level is an interesting thing to ponder. And I've heard people say, you know, Mother Nature is angry and that's why she's sending us, um, you know, forest fires and tornadoes and earthquakes and all kinds of natural disasters because she's angry. I suppose we can look at it that way, but where I come from is these are her responses to what's being done on her body. So I don't feel like she's angry and she's punishing us, but I do think that she's trying to get our attention and that the practices that we have been engaging in on this planet, most of which come from greed and the other comes from trying to feed all of us, you know, because there's so many of us on this planet now. These are her responses to that. Climate change is a response to that. Uh, you know, monoculture and all the things that we're doing and all the plastic and all the things that we're doing to pollute this, our home, right? This is her response to that. So our practices are the ones that have been unnatural, right? She's not unnatural. We are. We've been unnatural. We've been anti-nature. We've been going against nature. So this is a wake-up call, and our job is to preserve life in any way that we can. I said to them in this conversation, ideologically, we can say, oh, well, this is just Mother Nature culling the herd, but who's, who, who is it that's going to get culled here, you know? And when you get to it on a boots-on-the-ground level, if someone that you love is ill, from this disease or dies from this disease? Are you gonna think, oh, that's just mother nature calling them? Wouldn't you do everything in your power to protect them, to save them, to try to heal them, to find a cure, to do everything in your power to keep the spread of this virus at bay? That's where I come from. I don't have to have guarantees that any of the modes of healing that I'm engaging in are the answer that's going to do it. But in the realm of possibility, it's all that I have. And what I want to do is preserve life as best that I can. And that's what I hope you want to do as well. So we don't, you know, it's 
this whole thing has become so politicized. We've politicized this global pan, global health, global health crisis. So now it's become about our personal rights and we don't want to be mandated to mask and we don't want mandates for vaccines and we don't want the government telling us what to do. We don't want this and we don't want that. We don't want the other. Granted, yes, we don't want anyone else telling us what to do. And there are consequences for the actions that we take and consequences for the actions that we don't take. No one viewpoint should dominate another. So I will not tell you what to do, but I need to do whatever it is that I can do that feels right for me. And part of my thinking about that is how can I mitigate jeopardizing your health? I said to my client, if I knew, it's not just that you could get sick, but it's that I could be the one that gets you sick and I could never live with myself for that. So we have to think beyond ourselves. We have to think beyond just ourselves. We are in this together. It's whether we want to or not. It's as simple as that. So if you're not gonna get a vaccine because you don't want the vaccine in your body, I respect that. And then please isolate and mask up and do all the other protocols that are not invasive so we can stop this thing in its tracks and recover. The only way we're going to do it is we're all doing it together. I was writing the service and thinking, oh, you're getting into dangerous territory. Uh, but sometimes I feel like I really need to use the platform that I have. Um, not sometimes. I feel that way all the time. And then I remembered back in 2012 when we had that Mayan prophecy. And the Mayan prophecy was about the end of the world as we know it. And I, you know, it was the return of the divine feminine. And we were all like, oh, it's going to be this panacea, you know. Yeah, well, it's the end of the world as we know it, isn't it? We don't know the world the way we used to know it. And now we have a social contract and a responsibility to interact with each other for the highest good of all. It's as simple as that. I don't even know what else I wrote on here. I just went off. Um, but um, so it is tricky, isn't it, to find the balance between staying present in the moment and doing all the right things that we can right here and right now and looking to the future to ensure a future harvest. And that's why we have to use all the tools that we have um, to stay mindful that healing happens in every moment with every action that we take. And we have the power to do that. And of course, we ought to. So if you would, I'm going to lead us in a little guided meditation. So if you would, take a nice deep breath now. Close your eyes and go within. Reconnect to your grounding core deep in the earth. And then bring your attention up to your third eye in the center of your forehead. Imagine it like an actual eye, like your other two. Go ahead and open it up and look out through it into your imagination and see yourself out in the peacefulness of nature, your favorite setting. Maybe it's the beach or on the mountaintop or the forest, wherever you feel the peace and the loving power of Mother Nature that soothes your soul. Find yourself there. And as usual, when you're in this state of being, 
you remember that you are a part of everything. The idea that you are not separate from nature is not just an idea. It's a truth that you experience in your body. You're feeling it right now in your body, in your mind, and in your spirit. So take a moment now and wherever you are in this place, close your eyes there and feel your oneness with the land, the air, the light, and the water. Feel how the earth is your body and the air is your breath and the fire is your bright spirit and the water is your lifeblood. Give your full attention to this now for just a moment. And as you stay with this awareness, you now feel a great sense of being loved, unconditionally loved, completely loved. And it feels so good. And it makes you feel strong. And it lifts your heart. So breathe deeply once more and in your mind, where you are out there in nature, gently open your eyes again to take in the visual beauty of that place. And when you do, you find that you are in a circle and the five healing sister goddesses are standing at the edge of the circle surrounding you. They are surrounding you. And now you realize that it was their love that you just felt and still feel. Their healing love, so potent, so sure, so readily given and available. Panacea, Hygieia, Asizo, Aglia, and Ayatho. Powerful, beautiful, loving goddesses beaming their healing love at you from their raised hands, from their loving eyes, from their wise souls. You can feel the blessings that these goddesses bestow upon you. They are bestowing their healing power upon you. And it makes you feel strong and clear and healthy and present and magical. Like you can do anything. Like you now possess their magic power. It is said that all good magic requires a sacrifice, something given for a sacred purpose so that something else can take its place. In these times, what are you willing to give up so that something else, something better, something healing can manifest? Take a moment now and determine what that is. Now in your mind and in your heart, tell them, these five sister goddesses, what you will sacrifice for the healing of the world, for your healing and the healing of the world. Offer your sacrifice in this way now. And then thank them, these five sister goddesses, for their presence here and in your life and in the world. Lift your heart in gratitude for them 
and their healing powers. And then breathe deeply once more and gently open your eyes and come back here to our service. Then Ilsa is gonna sing for us again. free to join in with me um, if you want to and if you're ready and I believe that the lyrics we practiced earlier in the chat Let the wind blow into your life, such faith and trust. 
So, my friends, remember your power and use it to heal. Heal yourself and stay as healthy as you can in your body, mind, and spirit. Each healthy cell in our community strengthens us all. May we all remain healthy and strong. May our harvest be beautiful and may we reap goodness and deliciousness and a plethora of robust health. May the five sister goddesses of healing continue to bestow their blessings upon us all. May we create a panacea of health, clean, patient, and adorned in magnificent gloriousness. May Yatho empower us to use all the remedies at our disposal for ourselves and, of course, for the highest good of all. Blessed be.